How many are excited about the Word? Amen. Amen. It's good to be excited about the Word. I've got something I'm excited about tonight, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Amen. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Let me give you a couple of quick uh, more facts tonight about uh, the mind, just some stuff I found. I'm going to keep trying to throw some stuff out this to show us how amazing our brain is. I think most of us know this, but it's still amazing. Lack of oxygen in the brain for five to ten minutes results in permanent brain damage. Your brain keeps developing until your late 40s. <laughs> Paul's in trouble and I'm on my way to trouble. So if you're still under 40, then you got hope. And if you're over in your late 40s, then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But maybe this will help. New brain connections are created every time you form a memory. That's interesting. So make memories. Make good memories, of course. Amen? This is interesting. Your brain uses, talking about oxygen, 20% of all the oxygen and blood in your body. Amen? It's important. When awake, the human brain produces enough electricity to light up a small light bulb. And uh, here's something uh, shocking and sad and crazy all at the same time. This is just a, an amazing one I found. Violent homes have the same effect on children's brains as combat on soldiers. Wow. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Very sad. Here's a very interesting one. It, it's scientifically proven that even a small dose of power changes, now power meaning not electric power, but power, feeling of power, changes how a person's brain operates and actually diminishes empathy. It's interesting, isn't it, if you think about that. So if the more power we have as far as, not, not electric, but power, feeling, the less empathy we have. So that's why it's so important to be humble, amen? The human brain has the same consistency as tofu. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Me either. 60% of your brain is fat. That explains the, if you're overweight, you know, just stay. I got a lot going on up there. Amen. <laughs> and on that same note, here's, I promise this, this one I checked out to make sure it wasn't made up. Dieting can force your brain to eat itself. Scientists say, when, <laughs> you knew that, huh? I knew it. Some of y'all are saying, I knew it. I actually looked at it. Basically, when you are dieting or, or starving yourself, of course, that dieting and eating good are different. But when you're starving yourself, your, your brain actually begins to eat its own brain cells. Pretty interesting. And then that last one, but not least, and this is the best for me, smell of chocolate. Ah. <sighs> Increases the theta brain waves, which triggers relaxation. Do I have any chocolate lovers in here with me? So if you need to relax, even if you can't afford the calories, just smell it and you'll be relaxed. And it doesn't, you don't have to eat it. But I don't know if you have that much willpower. I know I don't. Amen. All right, let's get into the word. I'm going to show you something near the end that is so exciting. And uh, nothing new but exciting. 
1 Thessalonians 5, don't go there because I'm going to read it out, but if you weren't here this morning, go there, read it, write it, whatever, but this is going to be the key for this series. Uh, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So I know that we had nursery workers and Sunday school workers uh, not in here this morning, so I want to make sure that we understand for this series, uh, as we talk about it, the battle of the mind is what we're talking about, how to defeat the enemy. Amen? How to win the battle of the mind that we all have. And uh, as, as you were out this morning, maybe doing Sunday school or nursery, or maybe you weren't here, the key to this is how, how we reach our full potential in God is, is taking control of our mind. Okay, having absolute, complete control of our mind. And then this, I'm not going to go into a lot of this morning, but the big key was that we are three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, body, soul, and spirit. And for a lot of us, we have a hard time understanding that, not the body part, but the soul and the spirit. We all feel and see and touch the body. We understand we're body. We don't have a problem with that. We sometimes have difficulties understanding or grasping the soul and the spirit part. And so I tried to help us understand this morning that the soul is all around us. The soul is what we are dealing with on a horizontal level, okay? Not vertical, horizontal. All the relationships around us, all the people around us, and our soul is our body, sorry, our mind, our emotions, and our will, okay? It's how we act and interact with people, uh, how we, 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 we uh, uh, reserve things, how we take in things, how we deal with things, and then obviously our spirit is vertical. Okay, God planned for our spirit to be vertical. He planned for us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. He planned for us to have a relationship with Him in spirit. Okay, how many follow that? And so, obviously, I said this morning, a great deal of people today have the body, have the soul, have a spirit, but their spirit's dead. There's no connection to God. There's no vertical relationship with God, and that even goes into many people who are religious. Okay, they have a, a still a soul understanding and they have a religious understanding and they know the ABCs, but there's no relationship with God. And that's the most important thing. Okay, so uh, another example of that is uh, us understanding God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are three in one, just like God is three in one. God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And another thing about that is uh, great understanding is an egg. Okay, so I remember when... Someone told me that. I was like, okay, I get it. All we see is the outside shell of the egg for our bodies. But inside you have the yellow yolk and you have what else? The white. Okay? And so there's the three parts in one. And so that kind of helps us understand what body, soul, and spirit is. Now I want to I get into some new stuff tonight. I think that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, well, let me read one more verse, Proverbs 4.23. Out of, out of the heart springs the issues of life. For those that weren't here this morning, out of the heart springs the issues of life. So if I want to have a good spiritual heart, I got to have control of my mind. My mind's got to be under control. My thought life has to be under control. And so I ended off this morning talking about clutter. 
I remember as we ended up this morning, I began to ask the question, uh, how do I know the will of God for my life? Okay, And I want to kind of end up with that tonight, but I want to talk about the will of God. I believe every single one of us wants to be in the will of God. We want to walk in the will of God. We want to please God. That is our desire tonight, amen, to please God. So in that situation of wanting to please God, we say sometimes, God, what is your will for me? And generally we understand, but sometimes we don't understand the smaller parts. Okay, the, 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 the details, the go left, go right, do this, do that, stay here, don't stay here, uh, be quiet, talk, all these different things we don't know sometimes. And I believe that the reason we're not hearing God like he wants us to hear many times is because our mind is cluttered. Okay? So picture a room. If you're, if you're, you know, we've got, we got two types of people in here probably. Dirty people, or, or not dirty, not even, unorganized and organized. Sorry, let me just take that back. Organized and unorganized. I promise I didn't mean that in any way. I promise. Organized and unorganized, okay? <laughs> hey, sometimes you just say stuff. I didn't mean dirty, I promise. Okay, I meant dirty room, you know, it's clothes everywhere, whatever. If you need to find something, you're going to have a hard time finding something in an unorganized room. Right? The less clutter you have, the easier it is to find something. The more organized you are in your things, the easier you're going to find something when you need it. How many can't stand trying to find socks? Isn't that a horrible thing? There needs to be, and there probably already is, but it needs to be bigger and better. There needs to be an invention to keep socks organized. One of the worst things I deal with on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and Sunday, all the times getting ready for church is trying to find two matching socks. Amen? So if you've got the idea, you've got the answer, talk to me later. I want to hear it. I just can't stand that. Amen? So, five things I want you to write down tonight about the mind and having our full potential. We're talking about wanting to clean up our minds. Okay? Having a clear mind, a mind not cluttered with the things of the world. And so number one would be that a clean, which is where we ended up this morning, a clean mind and a, and a pure mind discerns and is able to know the difference between my will and God's will. Okay? I'm able to know the difference. Am I doing what God wants me to do, or am I doing what I want to do? And so I said the statement this morning to end, many times we don't know what it is because I, I thought, is it possible that our spiritual mind is so cluttered, so contaminated with the things of this world that we cannot see clearly or understand clearly what God is trying to speak to us. How many follow that? Okay? And so you can, you know, this is one of the reasons we fast, for example. It's one of the reasons that we dedicate time to prayer. It's one of the reasons we dedicate time to the Word. Because when you're praying, when you're reading the Word, when you're doing these things dedicated to the Lord, when you're t not f eating food and you're praying instead, and you're doing these fasts and you're doing these uh, devotions in the morning and you're reading the word you're clearing up your mind from all the garbage that you've dealt with the day before or that you're going to deal with today and I remind you from this morning that we have 20 to 60,000 thoughts a day that's a lot 20 and, and here's the thing even when we don't think we're thinking we're thinking our mind does not ever stop. Like I said this morning, I joked a little bit about the fact that I have a hard time turning my mind off. Even when I feel like it's off and I've fallen asleep, I'm still, my mind is still going. Your mind is still going. Our minds never stop. We're always thinking. Even when we stop and try not to think, we're thinking about trying not to think. 
See? So it doesn't really matter what you try to do, you're going to think. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. The best thing we can do to have a clear mind is to make sure we understand that we are soldiers. We are soldiers in the army of God. Amen? How many soldiers I got in here? All of us. We're soldiers. And, and the quicker we understand that, the quicker we understand we've got a call, we've got a duty, that this is serious business, that Jesus is coming soon, that I've been bought with a price, that I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord, that I've got a call and a will that God had. The quicker I understand that and the quicker I say yes to God, the quicker I'm going to realize that I'm not taking sometimes life with God as serious as I should and I need to get a soldier's mentality. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.4, as Christ's soldier... Watch this. As Christ's soldier, he says, do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this world. As a soldier of Christ, do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this world. Watch this. For then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. So how many want to please God tonight? then we need to not get entangled up with the things of this world. I've never been to war, thank God. I've never been uh, a soldier. But I understand, if you think about this, when they get over there, if they're on uh, called to duty and they're in another country, they don't have access to the things we have access to on a daily basis. They're there for a purpose and a focus, and they do have some time of recreation, but they don't have all the distractions that we do here because they're there to focus on what they're supposed to do and that's why he mentioned the soldier part. And so we have to be careful, not taking away hobbies, not taking away having fun, not taking away enjoying life, but understanding that if we're doing anything or going through anything or allowing anything to come into our lives in a way that it is entangling us with this world, we need to cut ties. We need to shut that off. We need to stop doing it. We need to make sure that God is number one in everything we do because the devil does not want that to be the case. Okay? One more time. As Christ's soldier, do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this world for then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. I do not want to be set out of God's army. I want to stay. Amen. I'm going to stay in this fight until it ends. Amen. And I don't want to quit. I don't want to be pushed out. I don't want to be looked down as not doing my job. So I have to be careful to not let this world pull on me so much. And that goes into point number two. A clean mind and a pure mind has not been adulterated. Okay. We need to make sure that our minds have not been adulterated with this world. And if it has, we need to cut ties. Titus chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. It says, unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto those that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess, now watch this. this as I read 15, I thought, man, he's talking about the world. He's talking about non-believers. Then watch what he says in 16. They profess that they know God. Obviously, he's not talking about true believers, but they profess that they know God, but in their works, they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient unto every good work, and then the word reprobate. I mean, well, that's a powerful word. Reprobate. 
Here's what reprobate means. An unprincipled or totally bad person. How can you relate Christianity and reprobate? You can't. Amen? We either have the mind of Christ or we've got the mind of the world. Okay, and there's that battle that I went back to this morning that it's like two dogs fighting, flesh and spirit. Flesh wants you to think about everything impure. Flesh wants you to think about everything you want. Flesh wants you to think about everything that you should have. Flesh wants you to think about everything that's contrary to God. Spirit wants you to think about God. Spirit wants you to do what God wants you to do. Spirit wants you to, to deny yourself. Spirit wants you to glorify the Lord. It's the battle every day, and I said this this morning, you're feeding one, starving the other all the time. You're feeding one, starving the other all the time on a daily basis. If I've got twenty to 60,000 thoughts a day going through my mind, I've got to take this thought thing serious. That's why we're talking about this. That's why we're mentioning the battle of the mind and why we're saying, how can I defeat this, God? I, I really, really want to have a mind that's pure. And I, I mentioned this morning, there's another thing that's important to mention. As children, as young people, we're exposed to many, many things. We have many, many things of garbage placed on us. Uh, you, you know, you should be thankful this morning, for, tonight, first and foremost, that you were born in this country, first and foremost. Not down in any other country in the world. Thank God for the. We have many countries represented here. But the freedom that we have and the fact that our nation was founded on God, we're at least grown up in our country with some godly principles. We're at least exposed in a way many times to the gospel because it's here. And, and, and obviously things have changed drastically in the last few years, but we're here. And so if I think sometimes, God, what if I'd have been born in some of these other countries, especially the ones in the Middle East that are, that are so, so downtrodden with religion and so, and so hateful over there. What if I'd have been born to a different family? You know, we don't have any control over that, but think about that sometimes. And so you might have been born into a family that was, that was born with just trash put on you because there was trash put on them, and, and you were born seeing things. Golly, there's been some kids that have seen some stuff they never should have seen in their lives. You might be one of those people here today. You might have seen some things growing up no kid should ever see. You might have gone through some things no kid should ever go through. Yet those things have entered your mind, and then we grow up, and as we, as we develop our brain, if we don't deal with those things in our mind, they're going to try to resurface again. They're going to try to plant themselves in our minds and they're going, to, they're going to try to take hold of who we are and we need to remind the spirit of the devil again, the enemy, who God is, what his word says, and what his word says I am. Amen? Amen? Who I am, what God says I am in his word. So you've got people today, here's one of the problems I was thinking about. We've got people today, more than ever it seems, who have a form of godliness. A form of godliness. Philippians says a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Lots of people, you talk to all kinds of people here in the United States. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, or I believe in God, or it's all general. But if you, here it said, if you look at their fruits, their fruits deny him. Their works deny him. I'll never forget one time over in Costa Rica, witnessing to this guy on the basketball court, talking, began to talk to him about the Lord. And, 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 uh, and he said, oh, yeah. I, I, I believe in Jesus, and he began to tell me, I've said this before, he began to tell me about the Bible studies he has. <laughs> Some of y'all remember. 
Yeah, we, we studied the Bible. Me and my boys, we studied the Bible. You, you should come over sometime. He said, man, you have not studied the Bible until you've studied the Bible smoking weed. That's what he said. You would not believe, he said, how the pages just come off that Bible. That's what he said. My daughter and wife know who I'm talking about, too. I'm serious. That's just an example. People dilute and, and, and add and take away and do all these things, and then they call it, you know, well, I'm reading the Bible, or I believe the Bible, but their lifestyle, their lifestyle is contrary to what the book says that they're reading. Okay, so that, there's, a, there's a defiling that's going on in the world today, and this is why as we go, draw closer to the return of Christ, the church, the church of Jesus Christ becomes more evident and more visible and stands out more because it's different. It's not going the same direction as the world is because today a lot of the church world is going the direction of the world. Amen. In the world, like I said before, the church is becoming more like the world than the world becoming like the church. And so we're not doing our job because we're allowing the things that we see. We can see 10,000 people going into a building of a church and that they, we think, wow, God must be there. That's a mind thing. Okay. And that doesn't mean that God's there. He can be there with 10,000 people. But if they're not preaching the truth, then he's not there. Amen. And so, so many people, watch this, have their mind full of garbage and stuff that doesn't, watch this word, edify. Edify. I want you to write that down in capital letters, E-D-I-F-Y. This has a lot to do with the mind, okay? Because there are a lot of things that people are trying to do and get away with in their walk that do not edify the Lord. They do not edify themselves in their walk with God. Okay, this is an important word. And this is an obstacle for the mind. Now, I'm talking to people here tonight that want to have a clean mind, a pure mind, want to have the mind of Christ. And I'm telling you, this word edify is important because as believers, we have got to continually cast away and clean up our minds and not allow things to come in that don't need to be there. And the longer you let it wait, I said this this morning, the more you stink. Your mind stinks like garbage that has not been taken out. Amen? You've got to clean it out. You've got to clean it out. You've got to clean it all the time. Here's what the word edify, said, edify means. To instruct in such a way as to improve, enlighten, or uplift spiritually. Okay, watch this. Think about this again. To instruct in such a way as to improve, enlighten, or uplift spiritually. Okay? How many know if we're not growing, we're not going anywhere? If we're not advancing, we're not going anywhere. I believe there's a whole lot of people today who are satisfied with standing still. Satisfied with staying the same way. Satisfied with being who they are and don't want to grow in the Lord. Don't want to get closer to the Lord. And here's what they do. They have a profession of believing in God. They have a form of godliness. But they do not live a life that edifies themselves or God. Y'all following me? So what that means is, watch this. This is very important. It might not be necessarily a sin what they're doing. But it's not edifying. See the difference there? It doesn't have to be a sin 
But if I'm just constantly always doing and living and thinking things that do not edify, then I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in the same place. And so I need to be filling my mind with things that edify. Well, there's nothing really wrong with this. And well, there's nothing really wrong with this. And well, there's nothing really wrong with this. And well, there's nothing really wrong with that. Yeah, but is it edifying? Is it growing you? Is it drawing you closer to God? Y'all listening? All right, just making sure you're getting this. Those are the kinds of things we need to be doing if we're going to control this mind thing. You know, it's like church attendance. The Bible says we should be coming to church. We should be in church. And he says, even as the day grows closer, you should be more. Today, people are going less to church. There's less services than there ever was before. People don't want to go to church. They'll just go once a week, whatever. It, we need to be more in church. As this world gets worse, we need to be closer to God, not further away. We need to be doing things that edify our spirit and things that make me want to do good. Because, boy, don't help. it don't take much to do bad. Like that saying says, I can do bad all by myself. I don't need any help. I don't need any, any company. I can do it. Amen? So here's a question. Are you thinking things that edify your spirit or are you thinking things that defile your spirit? Okay? Edification or defilement? Or are you in the middle? Don't stay in the middle too much. I'd obviously, it's much better to be in the middle and be thinking something that doesn't edify than something that defiles. But why don't you think on something that would edify? Why don't you think on something that's going to grow you and lift you up? Let's see what this says in Romans 8. Go to Romans 8 with me, if you will. And as you're getting there, here's what happens. If we're not edifying our minds and edifying ourselves in God through good thoughts, sinful thoughts will begin to corrupt our mind until we begin to act them out and act like the world. Okay? And so people should be looking at us and they should see us as different. The Bible says we're a peculiar people. Holy priesthood, a holy nation, set apart, different. Okay, not different looking, not, not in, our, in our facial expressions, all we should be happy, amen, but there should be something different about us. We're not in the places, doing the things, saying the things, and all those things that the world's doing. We're different. There's something different about us. Sets us apart. Romans 8, watch this says, verse eight, chapter 8, verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay, let me read that again. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay, so if I'm in the flesh, I might not be displeasing God, but I'm not pleasing God. I don't, don't stay too long in the neutral is basically what this means. Be closer to God. Be seeking God. Be cleaning your mind. Be filling your mind with the word. Be filling your mind with songs and spiritual songs and hymns as we read the other day. And getting around other people. Get around people who want to talk about God. I'll talk about God all day long, 24-7. I love to talk about God and the things of God. Amen? Get around people who are going to edify your spirit. 
Get around people who are going to encourage you and lift you up and make you want to be closer to God. Amen? Get around those people. And also, be that person people want to get around. Amen. Maybe it's a TV program. This is just an example. Maybe it's a TV program. Just a generic example. It doesn't edify. Of course, we know today nothing does. I don't know if there is any TV shows. Um, definitely not mainstream. You got to think, you know, you got to look out to HGTV or Food Network or something like that to even watch anything. A mainstream TV, all those main channels, nothing but garbage. There's nothing that edifies. Any good show comes out, it lasts a season. Anything comes out moral, it lasts a season. It don't last. But maybe it was a TV program that caught your eye, got you, grabbed your attention, and, and it doesn't edify. It's, it's full of worldly thoughts. It doesn't mention God. It, 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 it's, it's just totally non-edifying, okay? And what happens is, is listen to, the, listen to this product. What, what, what does the cable thing say or the TV? I remember back in the day, we don't have them anymore, but there used to be a TV program. Remember that TV program? So it would tell you all the listings of all the shows and all the things that are on TV. It was a program. And on that program, you'd mention, okay, this show's on, that show's on, this channel's on. But think about the word I just say, program. TV programs us. Think a certain way. The, the Bible says that the devil is the prince of the air. Amen? We fought the devil Friday night trying to show this movie. The devil lives in the sound system. The demons live in the radio. The demons live in the airwaves. There, he's the prince of the air. He seems like he has control over those things. Amen? And so, watch this. If we are not careful, here's something to write down, we become the object of our focus. Okay, we become the object of our focus. Or you could say the object of our affection. That's, that's a saying that's been heard. That means I am what I am focused on. If I am focused on God, that's what I am. If this world has more pull, that's what I am. I said it this morning. You are what you eat. You are what you think. How you think is who you are. Okay, about yourself even. So that's why we have to stay. I'm going to begin to close tonight before I want to show you something really exciting. That's why we have to stay focused on the Word of God. Focused on the Word of God. You know, that, that can sound sometimes, church, as something almost religious. We need to read the Bible. We need to study the Word. And you hear people say the Word. And you say the Word. And it just sounds so good and spiritual, the Word. I'm in the Word. But there's a reason why we talk about the Word so much. It's the only thing that will keep you. You've got to be in the Word. The Word combats everything that the world is. Why? The Word is God. The Word is God. In the beginning was the Word. Amen? So we need to realize, oh, where's God? Right here. He's in the Word, and I need to be reading the Word. I need to be filling my spirit and my soul and my mind, my will, my emotions with the Word. You won't make it reading, reading the Bible Sunday morning at church for a few minutes. You're not going to make it. Let me just give you, the, let me just tell you, you're not going to make it. And you might, you might make it as far as coming to church, but are you making it? 
I mean, are you really being an overcomer? Our mind is a powerful, powerful thing. Okay? We need to make sure we, we realize what's programming us. So let me go over this real quick so I close. I read, I read the first one was clean mind can discern between the will of God and our desires. Number two is a clean mind is not adulterated. I just began to talk in Romans 8 about our thoughts. That was number three. Are you thinking things that edify or defile your spirit? That's number three. Okay? Number four is a pure and clean mind is active and productive. Okay? Active and productive. Active and productive. We're thinking about productive things. We're being productive with our mind. We're being active. We, we, we're thinking about the Lord all day long. We don't have the old saying, que sera, sera. Whatever happens, happens. That's not life. That's not what God called us to be. You can't sit around and say, well, whatever happens, happens. You need to be a person who has, watch this, remembers we have a purpose and a design by God. Okay? And if we have a purpose and a design by God, that means we don't take a day off from God. That means tomorrow on Monday when everybody goes back to work and it's a full day and Sunday's over and the weekend's over, I don't, I don't say, well, i, I got to get back in this world for a few minutes. No, you need to stay in God every day because tomorrow might be the day God uses you the greatest way he's ever used you on a Monday. Amen? So every day... I must keep my mind clean every day. All right? And number five, a clean and pure mind is controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? A clean and pure mind is controlled by the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself that question. Does the Holy Spirit control my mind? Is the Holy Spirit in control or am I in control? And there's a battle again. I'm in control. Holy Spirit's in control. I'm in control. Holy Spirit's in control. When you're in control, you're going to have trouble. When the Holy Spirit's in control, you're going to be good. Let the Holy Spirit win that battle. Yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, I'm not my own. My mind's not my own. My words are not my own. My thoughts are not my own. Lord, let everything I am, everything I have, everything I say be what your Holy Spirit wants me to say. Amen? Because you know what will happen? You'll begin to think like God wants you to think. You'll begin to see the world like God wants you to see the world. You'll be able to look at God, at the world through God's perspective. Things will make more sense. Things will open up. How many want the revelation of God in your life? How many want to be able to look at this world and say and have God speak to you and him control your mind and you think the way God wants you to think? I'm going to give you a, a, some scriptures to read to take home before Wednesday that I'm not going to read tonight because I really am excited to show you something real quick that the Lord gave me this afternoon to confirm what I was going to speak about tonight. But write this down. Don't look at it right now. But write down 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want you to read that between now and Wednesday. And it talks about having the mind of Christ. Okay, we kind of ended with that this morning. And I want to pick that back up again on Wednesday about having the mind of Christ. Because I many times have said, I have the mind of Christ. And I remember for a long time I said, well, that, what does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? So I want to talk about that on Wednesday. But I want, I want to finish tonight with, with something that's so powerful that I, I've actually showed this before. 
but it's been at least a year. I was asking my dad, and we, we weren't sure. And, of course, you know, he's over 40, so his mind not be developing anymore. So we don't know for sure. Amen? And I'm, I'm, I'm over 40, so we don't know. But it doesn't really matter when we showed it. I want to show it again tonight, but I want to give a quick background for it because this is exciting. I was thinking today about thoughts, 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 20 to 60,000 a day, 20 to 50 an hour, I mean a minute, thoughts all the time, thoughts, 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 thoughts. How many will be honest with me and have bad thoughts? Just waiting for everybody to raise their hand. Whether you're going to be honest or not. Okay, we all have bad thoughts, okay? How many probably have bad thoughts every day? Okay, just making sure we're in human land here and honest. When we have bad thoughts, we have to learn to take those thoughts captive. We have to learn to get them out of our mind. How many have seen something you didn't want to see? Right? Everybody ever seen an accident? Everybody seen something? I mean... This goes back again to what I said about this morning about social media. You got to be careful watching, looking at social media because there's nothing but people are throwing all this garbage on there and you could just be passing some time and bam, you can get violated. And I'm not even talking just sexually. I'm talking violence, just crazy stuff. And it's just out there. It's just everywhere. And so when something happens like that, we've got to learn how to take care of it. How, has anybody ever gotten mad? Jealous. Anything, whatever, just, I'm just throwing out some of the, you know, the, the, the works of the flesh that happen all the time that we deal with. And you know what? We can wake up in the morning and we can pray and we can say, God, help me have the mind of Christ today. We can put our hands on our head, like I said, and we can say, Lord, help me renew my mind, transform my mind. We can do all that stuff. But during the day, middle of the day, morning, night, somewhere along the line, you're going to get attacked in your mind. And at that moment, you're going to have to do something with it. I had this amazing thought that's so exciting you know, that's, you know in our church we believe all with all of our hearts in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in having a prayer language. We're not ashamed of it. We're not afraid of it. It's not something we, we, we don't, we're shy to talk about. We believe it's in the Bible. We believe it's God's plan for today in 2014. Matter of fact, it's more His plan today than it's ever been. Amen? And I thought about something that was so powerful. I'm going to show just for a few minutes, but i got to get quickly to I'm going to show a video that I showed whenever I did about scientific proof. This was done by Nightline. Scientific proof that speaking in tongues is supernatural. Okay? If you, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll pray for that tonight. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you've been praying for it, keep praying for it. If you've got it, don't stop using it because this is an awesome, exciting thing right here that I'm going to show you. So amazing. If we have a humongous battle with our thoughts, God gave us the power of the Holy Spirit and He gave us a prayer language. And I want you to see this real quick. You got it ready, Daniel? You got the lights, Dylan? Let's, let's show this. I'm going to start it right here in the middle at 2.36. The beginning wasn't really important. This is Nightline. There's some people in a church, they're praying and speaking in tongues, and I want you to pay attention to what these, what these scientists say and doctors. It's awesome. They say they have no control over what comes out of their mouths, that they're swept up in a rush of ecstatic religious feeling, and that the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. Do you hear yourself? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I think I sound like a total idiot. 
It's almost all in yellows and red here. At the University of Pennsylvania, Dr. Andrew Newberg is looking for an explanation for what most regard as unexplainable. I mean, it's not language. It's not regular language, at least, that would normally activate the frontal lobe. Newberg is exploring the relationship between faith and science, studying what happens in the brain during the deepest moments of faith. We're really going to look at this very, very powerful force in human history of religion and spirituality. I think we really have to take a look at how that affects our brain, what's changing or turning on or turning off in our brain. They're going to go around very fast right now. He's recently published a study of Americans speaking in tongues. Remarkably, he discovered that what's happening to them neurologically looks a lot like what they say is happening to them spiritually. Make sure we got your whole head in there. We asked Pastor Jerry Stoltzfus to come to the university to have his brain scanned while he speaks in tongues. This way, we could see the experiment in action. I don't think faith is anything to be afraid of from science. Science validates faith, so bring it on. Whatever the facts are, bring it on. Just go ahead and, and you can begin prayer. And First, he's told to pray in English. Father, I pray for each of the family members involved in this study. Grant them what they are looking for in their personal lives, for their vision and their potential. Then he's told to speak in tongues. This is the first scan when he was in prayer, speaking in English. This is the second scan when he is praying in tongues. Pastor Stoltzfus's scan showed that his frontal lobe, the part of the brain that controls language, was active when he prayed in English, but for the most part, it fell quiet when he prayed in tongues. When they're actually engaged in this whole very intense spiritual practice, religious practice for them, their frontal lobes tend to go down in activity, but I think it's very consistent with the kind of experience that they have because they say that they're not in charge. They're, it's the voice of God, it's the spirit of God that's moving through them. Dr. Newberg says the results were even more dramatic on subjects who were scanned without a nightline crew in the room and who were not speaking in tongues on demand as Jerry Stoltzfus had done. Study participants like Donna Morgan first listened to music then went to where the spirit took them. When I heard about the study, I already knew within my spirit that it was going to be proven that there's a part of our brain that we have no control that when the Holy Ghost is interceding for us, we're out of control. In earlier studies, Dr. Newberg looked at what happens in the brains of Buddhist monks meditating and Franciscan nuns praying. And it was noticeably different from what happens to tongue speakers. That's in fairly stark contrast to the people who are like the Buddhists and the Franciscan nuns who are in prayer because they're very intensely focused. And in those individuals, the frontal lobes actually increased activity. But Dr. Newberg isn't out to prove or disprove anything. He can tell you what happens in the brain, not why. Were you skeptical going into the studies? If by skeptical, the question is, 
is this a real phenomenon, meaning that this is truly the voice of God speaking through them, that's a much more problematic question, I think, and something that I'm not sure that we've specifically answered simply by doing our study. But for those who believe, it doesn't matter if science can find the footprints of the Holy Spirit in their 21st century brain scans. When you've experienced this, you don't really care what anybody else thinks. It's personal for, in the first place. It is something between you and God. So we don't really care if it's validated or not, but it's fascinating when it is so that people that have thought we're crazy can have something to look at to say, maybe we're not, we're still crazy. We're just not as crazy as they thought. Thank you so much. This is Vicki Mabry for Nightline in Philadelphia. The gray area where fact meets faith. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Oh, Give the Lord a hand. Musicians, you can come tonight. So think about this with me as they come. If you're not excited, it's all right. I am. That just shows me right there. Sci I don't need science, like he said, but it's really nice when it proves it. I believe anyways. But isn't that awesome to think, watch this, that when I get jealous, when I get mad, when I have a thought come in, when I have something happen in my mind and thoughts begin to happen that are not right, what should I do? What should I do? Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Because if just to make sure you understood that, they were saying that when you're praying in tongues, scientifically, your frontal lobe is not doing anything. Okay, what they were saying, and uh, when I watched that the first time, I watched a longer version and all that, is that when we're talking, our frontal lobe is moving like crazy, and our thoughts are happening, and we're thinking about what we're saying, and all those things. Right now, our frontal lobes are moving like crazy. I'm talking, doing it, you're listening, thinking, and they're moving. But when they prayed in the Spirit, they stopped. So what does that mean? That means if I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm stopping thoughts. Y'all getting that? You getting how exciting that is? How powerful that is? That is awesome. That is amazing. I can stop the bad thought. I can stop the anger. I can stop the whatever emotion it is that's coming into my mind and I can pray in tongues right there at that very moment. And who cares if people think you're crazy? Pray in tongues. And all of a sudden, the thought stops. Not just spiritually, but scientifically. That's enough to make a Baptist shout. Amen. That's exciting. So... Maybe you're, maybe you're, oh, I don't, I don't have it. Get it. God wants every, Paul said, I wish that all would speak in tongues and prophesy. So I hope that you're not already thinking about tomorrow or how hungry you are, or things you got to do. I hope this, this sinks in right here. I hope that I can make this record right there in your mind that tonight, tomorrow, this week, later, whenever that bad thought comes in, you remember that and you just begin to speak in tongues. You just begin to pray in the spirit and it has to leave. What does the Bible say? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, I can't handle my, th how many have heard that? I can't handle my thoughts. No, you, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can begin to pray in the spirit. You're not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet? Then pray. Say, it, it, it'll work too. It just won't work as good because your mind will still be thinking. But man, what an amazing thing. 
Isn't it neat how the Holy Spirit works? I was praying today, and God just reminded me of that video. He said, you showed that video before. Show it again. Look, let them see that when they begin to pray in tongues, their mind shuts off. Their thoughts stop. Man, do you think God might have known what he was doing? God might have known what he was doing when he gave us this language that sounds so crazy sometimes. I like what the guy said. I like that guy. He's, he's real. I, I think I sound like crazy sometimes. Amen. But it don't sound crazy to God.